millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, the show about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, auditor of the Machinery Investment Account. Alongside me, unboxing her butterfly buns is... Rosie Porty. And hoping to cling on to his sanity longer than Lee held on to Wolverine, we have... Quentin Rayner. And twirling into action quicker than Rochelle, there's you, our listeners, making up this podcast fate committee. And this week's Dum Dum is from R. Richard. And brilliant to hear that one again. And on this week's episode, we hear from Naomi, Brian, Terry, Witherspoon, Amelia, Glynn, Bernadette, Claire and Isabel. Plus, we have a text from Tindara and another anonymous email. Wonderful. Lots of callers in. So, Well, there's, there's, no, there's no need for us. There's no need for us. Shall we just go? <laughs> <laughs> just just, just no, play the calls. Okay. <laughs> it's wonderful to have those calls. Yes, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, so Quentin, Rosie, how are you both? Well, I'm just coming back from feeling a little bit faint by the Firth of Forth. And then I heard that Quentin was taking his top off. So I'm a little bit all of a, all of a fluster, <laughs> Philippa. <laughs> Oh, Rosie, no! Are you going to are you going to last the episode? Do you think I am? I have lo- I have peppermint tea and sparkling water to keep well, me you, going. You need more than that to revive yourself. I mean, Radox woman might be listening as well. So, I'll tell you, <laughs> the heat is on. I, I'm very been very busy. I, I stole four days back in Cornwall in our in our in our caravan. Uh, it was in glorious sunshine. The rest of the country was overcast and raining. It was glorious down there. Um, so, and w- while I was down there, um, it included getting heckled by a teenager in a passing Range Rover who shouted out to me, uh, 
dude, you're really rocking those shades. I love them. <laughs> Which fleetingly I took oh, as a massive compliment. Yes. And then I thought, oh, no, she's, she, she's taking the mick. She's taking the mick. But anyway, no. uh, just for about a millisecond, I thought, God, maybe I do. <laughs> but uh, you wouldn't expect that out of a Range Rover, would you? There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I then had a, a very long and tortuous seven-hour drive to London because of various problems on the M5. So seven hours driving to London. But uh, to see our daughter in a fantastic production of Half a Sixpence, she's a musical theatre student. It was brilliant, I have to say, but it was good, hmm. uh, which has really <laughs> raised the bar for Sir Ian McKellen when we see him tomorrow for the opening night of his much-anticipated Hamlet. Oh, wow. At the age of 82. Wow, you've got tickets, you lucky, lucky yes. things. Oh. Yes, hate me now, shall I go? No. Anyway, how about you, Philippa? How was your week? Well, I've just been recovering from the last episode of Dum De Dum, which was quite traumatic, I have to say. And I need to apologise to all listeners and particularly Royfield because uh, it, it turned out I was suffering from food poisoning. I'd eaten a vast quantity of cherries before the episode started. And as it went on, it got worse and worse. And uh, yeah, poor poor Royfield, I think, is going to need counselling after all, all that he mm. experienced. But uh, never mind, recovered now. I will never look at a cherry again. Uh, no, well, I'm glad you're better. Uh, you say talk about Royfield need, needing counselling. I think you do because you were thinking of tweeting about it, weren't you, with an emo- cherry emoji and thought better of it? I thought it was fine. It would just be a bit of fun using a cherry emoji. And then I just thought, no, Philippa, mm. come on, let's just Google, Is does a cherry yeah. emoji have any other meaning? And it does. So I'm very glad I checked, first of all. Yeah. Just just avoid the aubergine, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. But there we go. That Well, that was our week. But uh, Quentin, what did you think about the week in Ambridge? Quite a lot happened, Philippa. And I think we need to start at the beginning. I think we should start with the A's, don't you? <laughs> because we all thought Ian was the chef, but it turns out Adam is pretty good at cooking as well. Oh. The, the books, that is. <laughs> Adam's then found out by Brian, who ain't happy, bust up, number one, which is maddeningly conveyed to us by a highly unlikely one-to-one between Adam and a man he barely knows, <laughs> Lee. Lee, however, defies all my expectations and tells it straight to Adam, pay the five grand back as soon as and apologise. Adam later splutters a half-hearted apology to Brian through snarling teeth, and the home truths start pouring out of home farm. In essence, Adam accuses Brian of treating him differently than his other children, while Brian declares he no longer believes him and wants him gone as farm manager. So not a good week for the House of Aldridge, was it? No. And if all that wasn't enough, Philippa and Rosie, we had Roy to the rescue. Good old Roy. I love Roy. (laughs) Peggy poignantly reflecting with Lillian on the death of her first husband, Jack, from alcoholism in the 70s. Joy outflanking Linda and getting a wild card onto the fake committee. (laughs) I'm telling you, she's not as goody two shoes as she seems mark my words i think she's the next philip moss you heard it <laughs> no she's first. not <laughs> she is and a grown man cradling his unboxed super dolly but being very gracious about it lee has i was going to say sword in my estimation i can't say that has certainly risen in my estimation so that i reckon pretty much sums up oh. the week in ambridge any other thoughts well Yes, very good, Quentin. Well done. I thought it was quite a bewildering uh, week as well. I mean, why did Helen have to phone Joy five minutes yes. after leaving to see how she was getting on? I don't know. There's, yeah, know. there's a know. lot to talk about. Rosie, were, were you as bewildered as I was? I think there was just, well, there was fantastic writing because um, 
her nervousness about the the dollies being wrecked was you know a reference back to her and Rob's relationship mm-hmm. so I thought it was really well done that she was so panicky and I think there are some links into Joy's past as well because she was so quick to try and cover things up mm-hmm. and prevent Helen from being mm-hmm. exposed to any aggression from Lee that I think there's an abusive husband in Joy's past <gasps> You heard it here first. Yeah, I, I wow. think. Wow, I think Joy's a cuckoo. I think she could be a cuckoo. That let's wait to see because we need to get to the important bit. We need to hear your views, our lovely listeners. And if someone wants to get in contact, how can they do that? If you would like to comment on the archers or leave us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on Speakpipe, which you can find on dumptydum.com. Or you can send a voice note or text by WhatsApp to 07957 167 696, which has a plus 44 at the start if you're calling from outside the UK. Of course, you don't have to uh, call in if you rather email, then uh, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Equally head to dumptydum.com and click contact us at the top of the page. So what did you, our lovely Dumpty Dum community, Think of the week. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hi, my name's Naomi. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Um, I want to first say um, I'm so grateful to have found this wonderful podcast. I feel like I've joined a very exclusive and very special uh, book club to celebrate the archers in the way that I do as well. Um, my second point thing was something that I really felt very strongly last week and I feel as strongly this week between uh, Peggy and Jennifer is that there's a difference in the relationship between partners where one partner has a substance abuse issue and between a parent and a child where the child has a substance abuse issue. That's different. The relationships are different. Obviously, there's also an overlap, um, but there's more... I think when Peggy spoke to Chris, she spoke to him as a uh, fellow spouse sufferer. And that's different to the way that um, parents need to react to their children. Uh, So that's one thing that I wanted to say. Uh, And the other thing that I wanted to say that's really came to mind hearing Peggy talk about her first husband. Um, It's also not been addressed yet, except for in a tiny way, which I'll come to in a second. The thing that hasn't been addressed is that um, abuse does have a genetic component, um, alcohol abuse especially. Uh, and so when Jennifer mentioned she, you know, she threw out the very good bottle of wine and, and talked about how much a part of her, their lives that alcohol is and how that's something that needs to change. And then you think about Jack as this alcoholic, you know, as Alice's grandfather. And I wonder if that's going to be, um, I wonder if they're going to go into that in more detail. I really hope so. Thank you, and uh, have a great day, everyone. Well, Naomi, welcome to the exclusive book group that is Dumpty Dum. Mm. I think it's both Philippa and I are huge aficionados of the world of book clubs and love <laughs> reading. Mm. Welcome, welcome. I think there could definitely be a sort of a spin-off at the Hay Festival. We've talked about having not we, Philippa, and maybe the Edinburgh Book Festival too. Can't wait, can't wait. We'll be there with some tote bags. <laughs> yes. I think... I think it's the kind of the intergenerational impact of alcoholism is being really well played out. And 
I found it fascinating. We finally heard this week from Peggy as to exactly what's been holding her back. Mm. And I think she's been effectively stuck in stasis with the trauma she went through with Jack in the 1970s and has managed to lock it away for 40 years. And it's only through Alice and the potential kind of, you know, Alice being subjected to some of the harsh treatment that Jack did. That's sort of is what has been, I think, hurting Peggy so much. So it was amazing this week, I think, hearing actually the, the background to what's been happening psychologically for Peggy. And it really helped me to unpack why she's been behaving in such a sort of almost hostile manner mm, yeah. towards Alice. But a lot of it's to do with fear, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I mean, I completely concur with everything you said, Rosie. Um, first of all, Naomi, great to hear from you. We'd love to hear from anybody calling in, but it's always that extra bit exciting when somebody calls in from abroad as well. So uh, hello, Toronto. Great to have you with us. I, I thought the standout scenes for me were between Peggy and Lillian, I thought, during the week. I thought they were beautifully written, beautifully acted. I was entirely and utterly convinced of their relationship as mother and daughter. Mm. and. Um, it was, it was that it was that generational awakening awareness, if you like, that we saw a bit with <laughs> the other week with Rory and Adam and Ian because they were all sort of uh, pussyfooting around him and slightly worried about how they're going to broach it. And Rory's so relaxed about being bisexual, and that shows a generational shift from the nineties when they were coming out. Mm. E- equally, we saw Peggy stuck in the seventies, as Rosie said, and she thought. Um, rehab was like a sanatorium and then you had Lillian explaining to her how things had changed and there's a sort of scales fell with relief as well from Peggy's eyes you felt and she felt you suddenly realized that she could see some hope for Alice and mm. uh, and instantly offered to help pay for for the for the treatments so yeah com- completely agree with all that's been said and um yeah welcome Naomi Yes, thank you for your lovely call, Naomi. Wonderful to have you join us. Please call in again. Um, yeah, I, I agree with, I'm agreeing with you both. What's what's <laughs> going on? But uh, I did find myself shouting at Lillian, though, because I felt that Peggy gave a very good explanation as to why she didn't tell Jennifer at the time um, and why she had just gone to Chris and because she, you know, Alice had at that time stopped drinking and she didn't want Jennifer to interfere, which might drive Alice to to drink again. And Lillian didn't say, gosh, that, that's a really good point. I'll go and tell Jennifer. There was none of that. And I thought, no, Lillian, come on. These are really valid points that, that Peg is making. And, a, and as you both have said, a, a greater understanding about the background as well. So, mm. yes, I, yeah. I did get a bit cross with Lillian, but hopefully she will have heard me and have scurried off to, uh, to tell Jennifer and, and, and explain Bill Bridges. Yeah, hopefully she she will. And it was filling in that backstory was fascinating because we're all archers addicts, but you know, I only go back what, 22, 23 years, but she was going back to the seventies and I was hearing uh, information I I was never aware of. I I vaguely knew about Jack being an alcoholic and dying and so forth, but I didn't know all that. And uh, that was a real revelation. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you, Naomi. That was absolutely splendid. And from one splendid call to another, we go on to brilliant Brian. Hello, all. Um, it's Brian here. Um, now, normally when I hear Adam come on, on 
it's enough for me to slowly keel over into my soup. But this week I found it really entertaining. Not as much fun as when he ran himself over over his own leg, but that was close. Um, it was amazing how Adam got on his high horse when Brian thought Alice had taken the money, but only when Brian was going to ask Alice about it. He was quite happy for Alice to take to think for Brian to think Alice had taken taken it otherwise. Now he tried to stop looking Brian looking at the books at all, and if that's not a sign of a guilty conscience, I don't know what is. Um, if it was been an admin error at, at the time, he could have just said so. Um, and not try and cover it up. Likewise, when um, Adam was giving the long list of justifications to Lee, you could hear Lee's change his mind about it as it went on, especially when Adam said it was only £5,000. Um, probably. Um, the confrontation between Brian and Adam on Thursday is really good because it's just a combination of long-standing resentments. Um, yes, Brian has always treated Adam a bit differently because he yes. over the years. Um, but Adam had taken the money out of the account without permission or a business cause, and that is stealing. Um, he did it because he needed the money and he's too proud to ask Brian for it, particularly because... Hadn't turned down Brian's offer of money before. Um, so pride was his undoing, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, so that's all for now. So um, nice to talk to you, and uh, speak to you again soon. Bye. Great to hear from Brian, especially when he's talking about Brian. <laughs> well, we've got on to Adam, haven't we, which was somewhat inevitable this week, given how much he was on. And uh, as you know, I, I I want to tear my eyes out, bite the mm. back of my hand whenever Adam's on, uh, and uh, I'm not alone in feeling this. So, um, like Brian, uh, who we've just heard from, uh, yes, it was it was very entertaining to hear him, you know, take a fall because of his pride. Um, but he had it coming, uh, and this bust up with Brian has been festering for years and finally it's burst out mm. and my word wow that was that was it was some scene that wasn't it um but before we get to that i know we've got to roll back and and and, and explain uh why brian confronted him and it was it was disgraceful i mean oh he was so unbelievable adam and this uh awkward embarrassed reaction when brian started pressing him and Brian's right. Brian Holding's right. He, he, he did see just for a moment a way of perhaps shifting the blame onto Alice. And I, when I re-listened to it, there was a tonal change in the actor's voice. And I thought, yeah, he thought, well, maybe I can just pin it on Alice and then decided against it. Some people on Twitter have, have said that he's covering for Alice. In fact, Alice did take it, but I'm not convinced at all. But what he said, you know, that uh, he, he Taking the 5,000, he didn't ask permission, didn't give a business cause, and that is stealing. It's stealing, and Brian was right. He was within his rights mm. to read in the bleeding riot act. So good on you, Brian. And you know, he's given him his marching orders. Or has mm. he? Uh, let's hope so. Um, but who the hell would be farm manager? Goodness knows, because everybody else has got lots of other things in their lives, haven't they? And he also mentioned Lee as well. 
I mean, this week has been purgatory for me because two of my, my least favourite characters, Adam and Lee, who cause me physical pain when I hear them on, on the archers, were both on in big time. But Lee, he, he, he's, he came out with, with flying colours this time because he, he told it straight to Adam. He wasn't convinced. He said, well, it's a lot of money, £5,000. Oh, it's just it's peanuts in this business. But it's not. And then he gave him some sound advice apologize and pay it back as quickly as possible and don't let it fester and we might get on to uh the uh the, the dollies later on i'm sure or uh, rosie will work in a reference to joy but yeah his response to that seeing his precious collection destroyed by those ghastly children was 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 admirable so lee always in the bottom three for me um, he's he's actually just worked his way out of the relegation zone wow well what a fantastic football reference and didn't scotland do well on friday in terms, yeah, they did better than us. Yes, yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they were excellent. You know, as a non-football person, um, watching the match, I was really impressed by the way that Scotland held England at bay. And Harry Kane just looked bored. Is it called Harry Kane or Henry Kane? Anyway, Harry. the Kaney one just looked kind of like a bit sweaty Kane. and bored, didn't he? Not impressive. He's not. He's not having a good <laughs> tournament. No, he's not. No. <laughs> But moving away from... Are we, getting, are, we getting back, are, we, are we getting back to the archers? Let's get back to the archers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think in terms of, I mean, Adam, that, that electrician bill, I thought Adam had paid it off in a dodgy way at the time because Ian yes. was questioning him. Oh, and I yeah, think as somebody, yeah. I think on Twitter, has actually worked out some of the maths of how, you know, Xander came to be. So I think IVF is really expensive. I think it's something like probably nine grand per uh, series or whatever it's called. So basically each round of IVF is at least £9,000. So if they had to have, I think they had to have at least two, if not three. Mm. And because of the lack of regulation on IVF in this country, just the cost just spiral. So I could imagine that, you know, the costs of Xander coming along were quite pricey. And also, you know, Ian, an executive chef, at Gay Grables, how much would he actually earn a year? Maybe 40 grand. And, you know, if they're on a profit share at Home Farm, I can't see Adam's salary being particularly high either. So, well, they're, and they're both that, part time now, aren't they? That's, that's yeah, they seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it actually is conceivable that they would be struggling financially. But to nick five grand yeah. is just unacceptable. That's and, a hell of an electrician's bill as well. Five grand for a cottage. Well, if it was a rewiring it's, job, that can be. Yeah, he's using the money for something no, else. No, come on. No, he's yeah. not. Yeah. No, you're, you're letting your imagination no? go wild, I think. There. No, plenty of people think he's being blackmailed. They think he's being blackmailed by a secret lover. Being blackmailed for being <laughs> the most irritating, weird character we've got. Oh my God, no, I shouldn't say that. He should pay us five grand for listening to this. I love everything about the archers. I love everything about the archers. I'll keep saying that to myself. I, I mean, I really, I did enjoy listening to it, as as Brian said on his call, this sort of argy-bargy, Adam saying something that I just grimaced at and then Brian said something and then I grimaced at that. So I kept changing sides as to who was the worst. And then you could just see the car crash happening of Adam being without a job. You, you know, he just fell into the trap of of that. I, 
I can't wait to hear yeah, but, what but happens. In that exchange between Brian and Adam, what did Brian say wrong? He was completely in the right. Um, Brian didn't help matters. He didn't calm the fevered waters uh, that Adam was presented. He didn't... He refused to give any apology. I mean, how Adam thought what he said was an apology, I do not know. Yeah, but they, they're both as bad as each other, I think, in but different ways. what did Brian ways. say wrong? Well, Brian... Brian I mean, was I, in the right. I love Brian, but Brian is awful. You know, he's gloriously awful. And Rosie, he, Brian was in the right, wasn't he? He was in the right. Come on. Rosie? Come on, say it. He was in. He was in the right. He was. In, he was okay. I'm saying it. <laughs> oh, no, Rosie, Rosie, Quint is this bullying is you. No. <laughs> Let me hear this. I've waited years for this. Go, Rosie. In relation to Adam nicking five grand from the company accounts, Brian was in the right to be annoyed and outraged. Oh, yes. Let's okay. have that on a permanent loop. But Rosie, but but he oh. then. <laughs> basically jumped on this and said, awesome, I can now kick Adam out of the farm. I can get rid of him. No more listening to aquaponic and lamb chat. <laughs> Goodbye, Adam. And, you know, Adam just walked into it. He was an absolute idiot for, yeah, he, was, he just yeah. wound himself up, didn't he? I, I don't think Brian set out to get rid of Adam, but I just think he he just wasn't going to offer any compassion. So the minute Adam th- threw his toys out of the pram, Brian was straight in there with, "Well, yeah, well, you you better you better off going." I I, I didn't think it was premeditated. Yeah, they they wound themselves up, but it's been brewing, hasn't it? We, th- th- this dam had to burst in, in the end, and he and Brian really he really hit him with some mm. in the solar plexus, didn't he? I mean, he says. I, I do listen to you. I don't always know if I can believe you. Mm. Uh, what else did he say? He said, uh, uh, how am I supposed to treat you when I can't even trust you? Ouch. And then he said, I need a farm manager I can rely on. I'm afraid it's becoming increasingly clear that just isn't you. Roll the theme tune. Yeah. He got the last word this week, didn't he? And, yeah, Sammy. And you're saying this in in Brian's defence? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it was all well. I mean, I, yeah, no, bloody Adam's had it coming for years, hasn't he? I mean, I, what I, what really irritates mm. about Adam whenever he is with Brian, he starts off antagonistically straight away. He's at he's at Brian. If you listen mm. to it, he starts off having a go. He's prickly, he's defensive. They don't like each other. Um, but, you know, why doesn't Adam revise his approach to Brian? And he, as Rosie said, he walks straight into mm. this. Straight into this. Lee was right. Yes. And that's tough for me. That's tough for me to say. Well, what a, what another great call. Thank you very much, Brian. And, and now we need to move on to... I might have to take my shirt off again. <laughs> no. Hot and bothered after that. Calm down, Quentin. Calm down. We need to move on to <laughs> terrific Terry. Hi, it's Texas Terry O calling from Austin, Texas, the best part of Texas and the only part of Texas ever worth going to because it is the only blue city in a sea of red. But anyway, I'm calling to talk about Joy. And I'm curious if she is there to introduce us to an elder abuse storyline. We have already established that the walls were real thin between her and Helen's. So if she can hear all the rambunctiousness of Helen's kids, then surely when her Rochelle comes to visit, Helen and Lee will be able to hear the arguments going on on the other side of the wall. It's been established that that her Rochelle is, excuse me, how how does she say it? 
un- misunderstood and anxious and not violent or angry. I'm sure they didn't use the word violent. Violent, not violent. They obviously didn't use the word violent. They used violent. Um, I'm sorry, it's early in the morning over here and I haven't had any coffee. But I think that um, Rochelle's history of not being um, around, canceling last minute, um, and the way that she's always made Joy kind of go over the top for her, I think it's all going to end up with um, some elder abuse. And that's my um, that's my bet. That's, that's what I'm wagering anyway. Y'all have a great week. Well, thank you very much, Terry. And I think also Joy is such an interesting character. Uh, a lot of people have uh, some strong views about Joy. And there have been some interesting questions about whether Rochelle is a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, is she a work of fiction or is she dead? I think with a spirit lost on Facebook. And it was interesting hearing from Joy this week when she was describing her and her majorette twirling to Linda in one of the most amazing kind of Mappa Lucia like yes. settings we've had for a while. Mm-hmm. It was um, that was such a great scene. Um I think Beechwood, I think the houses on Beechwood are detached houses, but they must be quite close to one another in terms of, you know, all the WhatsApp chit chats. So it would be interesting if actually Rochelle turns out to be a troubled young woman, potentially with something like bipolar or multiple personality disorder. Because some of the characteristics Joy was describing were a bit disturbing. So it would be fascinating um, if this did turn into that sort of darker storyline. Um, I mean, I mean, Quentin, you, you, you've had some interesting views on Joy and her and her buns. Yeah. What's your view on Rochelle? It doesn't exist. Rochelle is a phantom daughter, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, I'm, she protesteth too much. We constant references to Rochelle. Have we ever seen a photo of Rochelle? Nope. Has Rochelle ever made a phone call? Nope. Uh, have we heard from Rochelle? They've been Skyping. Have, they were Skyping. They? Where's the proof? Where's the proof? Uh, <laughs> I think she talks about Rochelle so much that it makes me deeply suspicious. Uh, and I think either she's a work of fiction or she is estranged, or sadly, as you might suggest, she is dead. But Rochelle does not exist. I, I'm certain of this, and I know I'm not alone. But if she does exist, and it's it, interesting picking up text, uh, Terry's point, great, we've heard from somebody in Toronto, and now, now, now in Austin, Texas, fantastic. She talks about, uh, is there going to be an elder abuse storyline? And I'm indebted to Lynn Rafferty, whose Twitter handle is at Buggy Soires. She She's a font of huge Archer's knowledge. and she was replying to somebody's query about Rochelle and whether or not there was an issue between Rochelle and Joy. And she says, yes, she, Joy, told Tony that Rochelle was a daddy's girl who sided with him Mm -hmm. over the acrimonious divorce, which is why Joy and Rochelle are estranged, not conclusive, but could indicate some abuse in their past. So that is another theory, and if Lynn Rafferty says it, it's probably true because she knows her stuff about the archers. But I, 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 I posited this months ago, and I had deep reservations about Joy. I want to try – I'm desperately trying to claim the same credit that Royfield claimed by spotting Philip Moss years ago that he was a bad man. And I, I, I think there's something about Joy that doesn't quite ring true, and I think she could be the next uh, – wrong and if you like 
in Ambridge. She's too goody goody choose shoes. She's too biddable. She's too nice. She too <laughs> wants to get in everywhere. Some people say she's doing it because she's lonely. I don't uh, know. I think it'll be interesting if she actually turns out to be not this lovely person that um, <clears throat> has convinced Rosie and others. I thought Joy was very clever with Linda. I think she played Linda to get on that committee. I mean, she orchestrated that discussion. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, she just in the end had Linda in the in in the palm of her hand. Mm. But my question is, what are butterfly buns? Because I've lived a life and I don't know. I know what a butterfly cake is, but I don't know what a butterfly bun is. Can can either of you help? I saw somebody going into detail, a bewildering detail about it on Twitter, and I can't remember it all, but it seems to be some sort of bun with jam in it. Like a donut. I think. I've never heard of a butterfly bun. Butterfly cakes when it's basically like a fairy cake, but you, top, you chop the top off. Yeah. And then you make it into wings. Exactly. Yes, I've heard of that and consumed plenty, but yes. Oh, well, there, there we go. But Well, so, somebody can uh, can call in or email in and tell us, please. Yes, do. Do. And if you want to send us a supply, now I've recovered. <laughs> it's like Test Match Special, this. We'll get free cakes. Fabulous. Well, Terry, thank you so much for your call. That was absolutely wonderful. And from one wonderful to another wonderful, we go to Witherspoon on the upper, lower, east, west side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with a spoon and Angus Haggis here. Last week, I didn't have time to note that I was a bit confused about Alice being able to sign a document that would allow Jennifer and Brian to basically commit her to alcohol rehab. As far as I know, alcohol rehab on this side of the pond is only a voluntary process. You can drag a person to the front door of the rehab center, but they have to sign on the dotted line when they enter which makes sense for treatment. If someone else is able to sign you in and you don't want to be there, it's a waste of time. And in this case, Brian's precious money. On to Peggy. If you recall last week, I mentioned the trauma that Peggy experienced with her first Jack. And this week, Peggy talked more about it. Jack died at age 49 in January 1972 after being in a clinic in Scotland for six months for treatment of liver cirrhosis. Peggy mentioned him being detoxed. At the time, the protocols involved tapering doses of phenobarbital or Librium and would take five to seven days. Nowadays, it's typically done with safer substances and is a bit quicker. Because Jack had cirrhosis, if the dosing wasn't lowered, then he would have had side effects such as severe sedation. Because Jack was so medically debilitated and most likely cognitively impaired, perhaps he was having hallucinations. Whatever medication he was put on after the detox, and I suspect given it was the early 1970s, it was a first-generation antipsychotic such as Haldol or Thorazine, would have caused further side effects. Whatever the case, he was near death's door and there was not much to be done. On that cheery note, I'll bid you goodbye from our friend's house in Kinderhook, New York. Remember, if someone asks you in a pub quiz, it's the birthplace of President Martin Van Buren. Talk to you soon. Well, I learned something right at the end there. In fact, I learned a lot there about um, mm. treatment and drugs. I, I mean, I'm going to bow to Witherspoon's obviously great knowledge on this. I, uh, I Whatever he says about those drugs uh, is no doubt tr- true. Uh, and love to get a call from New York as well. Aren't we getting around the globe? Mm. Um, 
he first of all started off about that document that Alice signed a couple of weeks ago, starting the process to get her to rehab. And there's a lot of chatter on Twitter about whether or not it was a power of attorney. And Kerry Davis, who'd written the scripts that week, was quick off the mark saying, no, it is not uh, as strong as that. This is simply a document that Alice has signed, allowing her parents access to certain confidential records. So whether that um, gives them the the power to to take her to rehab is another matter. It is not as strong a document as as, as a power of attorney by by any means. So there was that clarification from Kerry. With this being so psychiatric knowledge around the kind of the chemistry of this is fascinating because the drugs that would have been doled out back in the 70s would have been almost like kind of chemical lockers where they would have, you know, knocked the patient out or indeed created hallucinations. I mean, lithium, which is still used, is incredibly strong and can create, um, you know, quite difficult consequences for the patient. So I just think it, you know, the sort of the leaps and bounds that the medical profession has gone through in terms of psychotherapeutic care for alcoholism and other addictions is, is is amazing. And I think Alice is in a much luckier situation than um, mm. poor old Jack was. Mm. And again, just the, I think the pain in Peggy's voice when she was talking about Jack was, was palpable and, and just tremendous acting. Yes. I think you could really hear Peggy sort of thaw a little when she mm. um, was hearing about more modern methods and the sort of the relief that it, it wasn't going to be as bad as, sh- as she experienced and that she's carried that with her throughout. And and I'd wondered about a power of attorney. Yeah. So it's really interesting to hear you say that Quentin and, and obviously to have Witherspoon's incredible knowledge, it just really helps on, on the background of it all. I mean, I think all of the Aldridges, well, apart from Rory, need a family session in, in rehab. I think if they do that, though, they'll be there for a very long time because there there is an awful lot to to cover there. Good grief. I mean, can you imagine having to deal with that with that lot? Well, yeah. I think it would be about six months worth, Philippa. Th- it would be every day <laughs> for six months in family therapy. <laughs> And, and even the kind of their family tree is so complicated. And again, it's these, uh, you know, intergenerational impacts. I mean, I, I know nothing about Brian's family heritage at all. True, yeah. So I know nothing mm. about his background as to exactly what has has led him to be so uh, wonderfully entitled. <laughs> that's kind. <laughs> is how I would describe that's, it. That's, that's very kind of you. <laughs> That's a very forgiving way to, to talk about him. But uh, yes, well, Witherspoon, that was wonderful as always. Thank you so much for your call. It was really helpful and educational at the same time. And now we go on to amazing Amelia. Hi, this is Amelia. First time caller in a row. I've been listening to The Archers for 19 years. Um, I love your show, by the way. Um so I have a few things to say. One is, um, where is Alice getting her money? Um, I was assuming that maybe Chris was giving her some sort of stipend, but then how does he feel about the fact that she's spending most of it on booze? But then if he wasn't giving her any money, then maybe there would be some sort of moral issue there. So I was just wondering. Um, also with Adam, 
I really got the feeling that he'd never intended to put that money back and he hadn't forgotten about it because as soon as he found out yep. that Brian was looking at the accounts, he got really paranoid. In yeah, sense of, yes. um, but also, I think he did make a really good point that Brian has always treated him differently. And I think really Brian has always had a problem with him being gay, which he can't scoff at because either he didn't go to Brian... Uh, to Adam and Ian's wedding or he just went at the last minute but he had a problem with it so he can't pretend that he doesn't have a problem with that and it makes me worry about Rory and what happens if he comes out as bi will Brian reject him the same way he rejected Adam or will it help him to overcome some of his own homophobia um and i also wanted to say that Lee was a real star when he talked to Adam and he was really calm and even though Adam shouted at him, he just, you know, got to the bottom of the situation mm. um, and gave some really good advice. Okay, thanks. Mm. Thank you, Amelia. Delighted to hear from you for the first time. Do call in again and uh, also chuffed to bits that you like our podcasts. Uh, just working backwards, I've already spoken about my admiration for Lee this week and the fact that uh, he has risen in my estimation. I thought he he handled... Both scenarios this week extremely well. His uh, smashed dolly boxes and also handling Adam. So I completely agree with you on that. I equally I agree with you, Amelia. Uh, you heard mm. me uh, grunting in, in approval during your call. But I, I don't think Ale, uh, Adam ever intended to pay the money back. I, th- I think he hoped that he'd get away with it, and that's why he's so so embarrassed and squirming when 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 Brian found him out. I do think oh, equally. In fact, I agree with everything Amelia said. I think. Brian has a problem with Adam being gay and uh, it will be an interesting dynamic because Adam threw in, didn't he, those three things about why he thinks he's treated differently. He asked, you know, what's it with me being wicked, not being your birth son and being gay. And as and when Rory comes out to Brian and Jennifer and says he's bisexual, will the fact that he is Brian's birth son soften his response because i don't think he's comfortable with that sort of sexuality i'm I'm not sure i agree i think that um it was brian that convinced ian's dad i think to go to the wedding um or there was i i just remember now sort of oh i know what it was so sid was being homophobic about the wedding and that kind of turned Brian's attitude a bit. And then actually Ian's dad came along looking for directions to the wedding. And that, again, I think made Brian see things a bit differently because I think Ian's dad is like a hale and hearty farmer from County Antrim. Mm. And if Ian's dad was happy with it, then why wouldn't Brian be? So I think, I don't think it's sort of, for me anyway, I don't think I sense any latent homophobia. I just think Brian felt a bit encumbered by having um all these children i mean effectively so uh so debbie's his stepchild even though he loves debbie because she's effectively modeled a lot of his business behavior um and then adam and i think i think just i mean adam probably came out of the womb grumpy and opinionated and <laughs> you know having having cravats you know a cravat and a vat of Clara swilling Brian rocking up and being your new stepdad can't have been easy for a young boy and I imagine he wasn't a particularly good stepdad so there's always been friction between them um Adam 
you know, could probably start a fight in a phone box in relation to Brian because he's always felt uh, less than what sort of Brian really wanted. So mm. for me, I don't think it's homophobia. I think it's just that Brian doesn't really like Adam. I really thought that Adam was going to say, well, you know, you don't like me because I'm gay. And guess what? Raw is bi as well. I I thought he was going to throw that in. And I'm glad mm-hmm. he didn't because that yeah. would have been highly unfortunate uh, as yes. a way to to introduce that to, to Brian. I do think Brian will, will be fine with it. Um, I agree with Amelia. Brian was late to get to Adam and Ian's wedding. Um, but I would hope that uh, a lot has happened since then and, and he's moved late, on. Late, late to get to the wedding. He was reluctant to go, wasn't he? He was uncomfortable yes. and reluctant. Yes, both. So he was is, reluctant so what, and he so, was late. So what does that say about his attitude to homosexuality? But that was, but that was what, 10 years ago? Yeah, I th- I would hope. I'd be very disappointed in Brian. And I'm sticking my finger out and waggling it as I'm saying it. So I would be very <laughs> disappointed in Brian if he still ha- has any of those issues. And he better, well, I, I, he better I, not. What will swing it is because Rory is his birth son. And he's, he's, he's the son he always wanted. So mm. that's But I Amelia's right to, to raise the issue of money as well. I mean, what mm. is going on with money with, with Alice? Have they still got some of the credit card bill left unpaid? Is Chris having to pay all the costs for Martha, which I'm not sure how much he'll be able to afford? And what's happening with their home? I mean, at the moment, you can make a lot of money by putting your home on Airbnb for, to rent out for the summer. So if they've got anything... Um, upstairs to think about. They should be getting on and, and letting that out to to help the the coffers. But Amelia's right. Can I make just make one aside comment here? Talking of weddings, what happened to Jill and Leonard's engagement? Are they engaged? <laughs> Are they engaged? Well, he, he, well, Leonard had had that long chat with David, saying, "I'd like to propose to your mother." And David wasn't. No, but I what's think happened she, to that? No, I think- they decided not Didn't to. Didn't she I say thought, she was happy as she was? She's happy as things are. So they've done a Justin and Lillian, have they? They decided not to get married. Yes, but I think they decided not to get married sort of at the time they were discussing getting married, not minutes oh. before the wedding. Not because Jill was having sex with somebody in the caravan. <gasps> so they're not, Rosie, so they're, can't use that word on a podcast. About Jill? About oh, Jill? Sorry. Um, <laughs> Edit it out. Keep it in. Um, <laughs> Lisa said sex and so, something else. Rosie, come on. <laughs> so, so they're not getting married, Jill and Leonard. They're not getting married. No, I don't think they no. are. No, I think they no. had a very honest. No, they're happy as they are. It. Yes, and right. Jill said there's no need that she's. Happy. It's amazing what you forget, isn't it? I mean, we've been so consumed by the Alice storyline, you forget about mm. the, all the other little storylines that were brewing, and that was a big deal for David. He was so horrible about it initially, wasn't he? Yes, he was. As you say, so much has happened. Uh, we need an update on on yeah. how Jill and Leonard well, are. Is he still doing his painting or or not? But well, anyway, the last we heard from Leonard was the time was the time capsule. He's a nice chap, Leonard, isn't he? He like is. Him. He is indeed. So thank you, Amelia. That was wonderful. And now we go on to the brilliant Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Glyn here. Not on location this week. Uh, just a call. So. To start at the end with Adam and Brian, whilst um, Adam made quite a few points to Brian that are valid, um, he didn't necessarily make them in the best way. Um, 
he clearly hadn't listened to what Lee had suggested. Um, he certainly hasn't handled the affair over the money very well, and we know that he's really not played straight there on that. Uh, he hasn't even told Ian what's actually happened as far as we know. And uh, in terms of his own moral compass, well, let's just say Charlie Thomas and Pavel. Um, so all in all, it was a bit like um, watching a football match between two teams, neither of which you are your own. Um, it's quite interesting, but you're not terribly worried about the outcome. On other matters, um, other, other characters, uh, well, perhaps Lee is realising that being a good father um, is actually being a superhero, and we'll see where that takes us. And um, Joy, um, there is clearly something in Joy's past. We've, we've all known that. And there's some, there is something dark, uh, I'm sure, in Joy's, in Joy's past. And I hope we're not waiting too long to find out what it is. I suspect that Rochelle has either died or possibly she's in prison. Um, there was a slight hint around behavioural problems this week. Anyway, thank you for the podcast. Glenn, I'm, I'm sad you're not in the B&Q car park. That's where <laughs> I'd like to imagine you, or by a waterfall in the countryside, or a mill. Gosh, well, the theories about Rochelle are just evolving and evolving. Now she's in prison. Um, who hmm. knows where else she could be? Perhaps she's a, you know, international woman of mystery and is in Monaco or somewhere like that. I mean, goodness knows where where Rochelle is. Um, and I hope it isn't anything too dark. And it's an interesting analogy around the the football teams you don't really care about in terms of Adam and Brian. And they're, they're kind of jousting against each other in a sort of failed man-off, where in the end, the person that's going to really suffer from this is Jenny. Because if Adam is kicked out of home farm then Jenny will be heartbroken because he was her first son and she loves him to pieces and always stands up mm. for him. So I really hope that Jenny isn't given another thing, you know, to sort of break her heart because she's having a, a really horrible time at the moment. The Jenny point that you've just made, Rosie, I think will be the clincher. That's why I don't think Adam will be given his marching orders because I think Brian, Brian's love for Jenny and the pain that it will cause her will make him back off and reluctantly he'll accept that Adam should stay as farm manager, mm. which is a great shame. But anyway, we, we, we're stuck with Adam. He's there to stay, <laughs> isn't he? So, uh, but going back to the money, bear in mind, Glyn is a tax expert. He has actually made, um, he's been called before the House of Lords to, to, mm. to, to uh, and they've listened to his expertise on these matters. So Glyn knows about money and Glyn is on the money as far as I'm concerned, because he says, uh, Adam hasn't played it straight with the money and he hasn't. So if Glyn says that's the case, it is the case. Where I disagree with Glenn is his football anal analogy. He says it's like a football match. Uh, neither are your own team. It's quite interesting. You're not worried about the outcome. I was absolutely passionate about the outcome. I am Team Brian, Glenn. So I was absolutely riveted, and I wanted Team. I wanted Brian to win, and he did. So um, I, I, it was more significant, Glenn, than I think you're giving it credit for. 
Totally agree with you uh, about joy. There is something in her past. I, I won't repeat myself, but ah, there's more to come out. Um, Rochelle, has she died or is she in prison? That's another theory, the prison one. They keep coming. But uh, yeah, thanks for that, Glenn, as ever. I think I am the only person on this entire planet who thinks that there's nothing untoward with Rochelle. I think, as we've heard even even on this discussion, that Rochelle is not a fan of joy anymore, that they've had a falling out. Um, But it sounded like they were close when she was young, or certainly Joy thought they were close. No, I I think everything's fine. I think there's going to be a lovely reunion in a few years' time, and it will be wonderful to have Rochelle on the arch, as we're going to hear. It's not going to be like Hazel when she came. It's going to be wonderful. So I'm just going to live in my own little bubble and, and hope that that's fine. But I just wonder, with Adam, is he going to blame his job loss on Lee? Why? Because Lee was the one that said, you've got to go to Brian, you've got to pay the money back, you've got to apologise. And okay, Adam didn't do what Lee had suggested, but he's going to look for somebody to blame it on. And he's going to say to Lee, well, you're the one who said I should talk to him. And this is what's happened. You've made it worse. But he did pay it back. He He said, look at the accounts, the money's back in. He did. But when does Adam see anything clearly? And when does Adam ever accept any blame on himself? Never. Uh, Never. Exactly. So I think he, he's going to be looking for someone to blame. Obviously, Brian will be first in line, but I think he might blame Lee for this as well. Not that he's got any right to. I'm, I'm... Again, I mean, I mean Adam's, Adam's running out of legs, hasn't he? I mean, he's got nothing to stand on. He'll be on his little finger eventually. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Glyn, you've got us talking, that's for sure. And uh, yes, we, it's going to be an interesting week next week, isn't it? I can't wait to hear what what happens next but we've got more calls so we need to go on to bright bernadette good morning well it's morning when i'm doing this um on the 17th of june 2021 this is bernadette not on the ambridge parish council i'm bernadette at archers fan 2015 anyway for the dir digital interview recorder Rosie and at Lindsay and other line of duty abbreviation slappers. During the last two weeks, I found myself feeling extremely irritated by most of the characters in the archers. My needs to slap and the murder list will be totally time consuming if I was more diligent about filling them in. Brian is top of the murder list. Just squeezing Peggy off the number one position. No. which has reigned supreme no. for years in my book. Adam is in third place. You know why. The needs are slapless. The characters on it are going up and down like yo-yos. Lee is top boy this week with his dollies, as Joyless Joy calls them. Alice is top girl. Helen, as ever, or Helene, as ever, hovers in the top three. Mia and her teenage angst and crusading on things environmental bring her into fourth place. Jenny Darling is in fifth place this week with her constant shock horror reactions about social problems and how the lower orders have to deal with them. Of course she's raw because she's become like them, the plebs. And as for asking Ed about his experiences with drug business, well, that nearly got her transferred to the murder list. 
although I might have to resort to Ambridge on the therapy couch, I thought maybe I'd just use self-analysis and I've just put it down to the humidity. Terrible irritation I have at the moment. And the only characters I seem to like are Neil and Roars, <laughs> the only grown-ups in the village. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Bernadette. Well, this sounds like a therapy session with Witherspoon, doesn't it? <laughs> she sounds very agitated. Yes, the heat's got you, Bernadette. She um, has a lot on the DIR there, nearly ran out of tape, I'm telling you. She, um, <laughs> I'm convinced Bernadette would like to be on the parish council. She sounded very upset that she isn't. So, my word, she would be a force to be reckoned with on the parish council, wouldn't she, our Bernadette? But, um, yeah, the, the murder list and needs a slap list. Wow, it's pretty extensive and ruthless. Completely disagree with you, Bernadette, about Brian and Peggy. No, 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 no. No, they, they, they deserve a bouquet this week. Adam, of course, should be, yeah, is always there. So, I agree with you on that one. Needs a slap list. I mean, normally I'd say... Definitely, Lee. He shouldn't be on that list this week, Benedict. He's, he's, he's played. He's played a blinder. I have to say, <laughs> even with his dollies, um, Jenny, darling. Of course, she she survived. She's still alive, um, according to, to to Bernadette. But only just. You obviously objected to her condescension towards Ed and sense of entitlement, which did pull us in different directions. I could see why she went to him, mm. but the way she handled him was also was also mm. wrong. And Ed, you know, he, he didn't want to talk, but it, in the goodness of his heart, he decided to, t- to talk to her. And, of course, Neil and Rory, of course, being liked, you know, on the like list, who have survived, absolutely. They're, they're, they're both uh, lovely characters, and Rory is developing into, into a lovely character. A, a permanent resident on that list, of course, are also Oliver and Jim and Jazza. Hmm. I think there should be like a culvert list and a silage clamp list in terms of locations to leave the bodies. <laughs> you know. You're obsessed with that silage. I love my silage clamp. That silage clamp. This makes me happy so, <laughs> saying the words silage. You want to see you want to see Brian flailing in there, don't you? That, that yes, I do. And then the only thing to rescue him is his cravat. But oh no, I can't reach. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> Bye. As Jenny would say, bye, darling. Um, yeah, it's kind of the, the sort of what I, what I just was just thinking, actually, in terms of who we haven't heard from, who's really, really annoying. Tom, where mm. is Sausage Boy? Oh, yeah. And the app. Not missing him. You know, the Bridge Fresh app should be, you know, coining it in at the minute. But where where is mm. Tom? And actually, somebody that Alice could speak to would be Natasha. Because Natasha's father has bipolar disorder and has, you know, obsessive traits, etc. And Natasha was so good with Kirsty when Kirsty went through her manic phase. Just thinking about other support routes for Alice, because you know she'll go to the re- you know the rehabilitation place for six weeks, but then when she comes back, she needs people to talk to who will support her and understand. Mm rather than judge her. So I guess I'm just calling out to get get Natasha back. Leave Tom. T- Tom can stay away, but let's get Natasha back. Where would you put Russ on, on Bernadette's lists? Uh, the murder list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No question. Well, I love the, these lists that Bernadette's put together. I've got a sprung up out of nowhere list. So number one is the rewilding campsite. That's sprung up out of nowhere. Next was Rex's pig meat supply. Suddenly that's in full production. And then finally, Brian spotting the £5,000 missing in seconds. That sprung, out, uh, sprung up out of nowhere. So that, that's my list. Not as good as Bernadette's. Brian, Brian's been in touch with Glyn, obviously. That's why he spotted it so quickly. Oh, um, yeah. Fee- Phoebe, oh, I think she needs a slap, doesn't she? God, she's annoying. <laughs> so no, irritating. She oh, she's not. so irritating. What? Those those lights, the solar the lights. Solar lights. Oh, I was screaming at the radio. I'm just going to be in queue. Going, Don't you have an Aldi nearby? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you did. You tweeted about that, didn't you, Rosie? I thought, yes, spot on, <laughs> Rosie. Just go to Aldi. Are you always on Twitter, Quentin? Because you seem to be quoting Twitter an awful lot. Do you spend your life? I have life... to do Tweet of the Week. I have to, this is deep, <laughs> deep background research. True. I should applaud True. you. Yeah. Deep cover. Deep cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on it too much. Yes. True. <laughs> no, thanks, Bernadette. That was a great call. And now we go to Celestial Claire. Hi, Dum to Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Sure, I won't be the only one to call in this week with... Um, observation about how far can the House of Aldridge fall. Um, I think they've got a long way to go. I think Alice has got a really long way to go. And then in, in a way, and I know this sounds terrible, I will feel a bit cheated if she suddenly just gets better. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Um, I think that Adam was effectively stealing and he knew it. That's why he's been so um, awkward about it. And, um, you know, he didn't want to get caught out by Brian. And that's why he got so cross. Why he, like, tried to justify himself to Lee, I have no idea. Poor Lee put him in a bad position. And also, I don't think Lee would have been the person that he talked to. Um, Although, I don't know who Adam would talk to. Lillian, maybe. And I thought maybe Lillian would have made more sense for him to sort of justify himself to. Um, And Lillian might have done a better job of talking some sense into him about kind of, you know, handling it better. But anyway... Um, poor Adam feels really beleaguered. Poor, well, they all feel terrible at the moment. No, there's not a single order having a good time, really, apart from obviously Rory, who we all love greatly. And, um, I wonder how much further they've got to go. I think there could be a lot worse, but we'll see. And, um, let's see what happens when, um, Alice makes it to rehab. Anyway, keep up the good work, everyone, and speak to you soon. Bye. I think with the, 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 the fall of the House of Aldridge, is very in the kind of Greek mythology templates in the sense of, you know, these larger-than-life characters uh, making bold gestures and then things just collapsing around them. And, I mean, you know, you've had, you know, Jenny losing her Albion kitchen, (laughs) you know, her wine fridge, Mm, her hot tap. Yeah. And she's now, in a way, running around like Emma did. Asking for help. So this, but but in reality, for Jenny, you know, she came from a very poor background. And I think that's why, in a way, she finds it so difficult to kind of engage empathically uh, and realistically with Ed because she denies her past. And so many of the characters in that Mm. family have, you know, denial running through their veins. They can't. Um, admit to their past. They can't really plan for the future because it's just chaos at the moment. And in a way, they need to have an enveloping cotton wool kind of rug wrapped around them 
to try and keep them safe because it feels as though, you know, what's going to happen next? I mean, you know, will Debbie's Hungarian enterprise fall to pieces because of Brexit? Mm. I hope so. So she comes home. Come back, Debbie. True, true. We get Tamsin, yeah, we get Tamsin Greg back with us. Fantastic, yeah. Interesting comparison there, Rosie, I thought, between uh, Emma mm. hurtling around the village trying to uh, raise money so she could buy a house and, and, and uh, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, there, there are similarities. I hadn't clocked that. Yeah, very well spotted there. Yes. Um, Claire s- thinks there's still a long way for the House of Aldridge to fall. She's right. Interesting point that she would feel cheated if Alice suddenly gets better um, and, the, and the wretched air, Archer's fairy sprinkles her dust and everything is cleared up. I, I, given how long this has gone on for, I don't think that's going to happen and n- neither should it actually. Mm. Um, although July the 7th, she's going to go into rehab and I tweeted about it saying, is that going to be respite day for, for all of us? And I think we probably all need it. Uh, a few weeks off. I completely agree with you, Claire. And I, I, I didn't find it plausible for Adam to turn to Lee of all people to open up. Mm. Just didn't ring true. He, he's only ever shown condescension towards Lee at this up to now, grumbling about his, his DIY and helping him put up the odd shelf. So he would not be the person that he would open up to about such a personal thing of which he was acutely embarrassed about. I, I just... That, that, that didn't ring true. And I think you're right. He has opened up in the past to Lillian and it should have been her and that would have been more plausible. So again, very perceptive thoughts there, Claire. Mm. But then Adam only opened up because he'd been so vile to Lee with his outburst. So in a way he had to explain it. And then Lee turned into Oprah Winfrey. Obviously Lee's going to have a new chat show soon. Um, but it was interesting. Lee sounds like a team. What should we call it? He- hello, hello Dollies. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I just thought Lee sounds like a teenager and Adam acts like one. But at the at the end of the episode when Adam admitted it, you know, he said, because it was me, I took it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Adam, oh, over the top. Sakes. Over the yeah. top. Oh, <laughs> he needed awful. the EastEnders ending the afterwards. Crikey. Yeah. Another super call, as always, from Claire. Thank you so much for for calling us. And now we go to inspirational Isabel. Hi, Adam. I'd never class Adam as the, uh, I wouldn't say thief, you know, like the desperate type, you know, like desperate for money type. Because, you know, he's got rich parents. He must be quite well off. Why Why would he have to steal money to get you know like pay some bills i mean he could have just asked brian or jenny for money you know if it was if he was that desperate then he could have just asked them for money i can't believe you know i i don't really think adam will leave home farm i think maybe brian will calm down a bit and adam will calm down a bit and yeah maybe there'll be a reconciliation and adam will be able to carry on working at home farm yeah so helen and lee Great. Although I found, you know, I could understand. I, I, I know many people like don't really understand why Helen panicked a lot. You know, panicked about them superior figures. But I know why. It's you know, like she's still trying to deal with the the relationship with Rob and everything. And it, it it's hard. You know, I don't I don't see how anyone. I don't think anyone can really fully get over that. You know, having a coercive boyfriend, a controlling bo- boyfriend slash husband yeah so 
yeah, I'm glad that Lee wasn't really very, um, you know, was quite laid back about the superheroes. I was expecting him to be a lot more, you know, a bit more upset. You know, I didn't expect him to, you know, just like get have a rethink so quickly, you know, sort of thing. You know, I, I expected him to just carry on as he was. That's all really I've got to say, really. Um, bye. Bye, Isabel. Thank you, as ever. Isabel's call could have just finished after her first sentence, really, when she went, Adam, ugh. That could have been it, really. That says it all, doesn't it? But she she ploughed on and made some very valid points, Isabel. I thought, yeah, why steal the money? Bear in mind that Brian had offered Adam mm. to, to loan him some money for the electrician's work, and Adam, because he's too darn proud, turned it down. So... You know, they were obviously short of cash, but decided not to accept the offer. That's typical of Adam. As I said before, Isabel, I think there will be a reconciliation between Adam and Brian, a reluctant one on Brian's behalf, but he'll do it for Jenny. So we are stuck with Adam at home farm. The You're quite right to pick up on, on Helen's uh, sense of panic over those dolly boxes. It is a throwback to... A Rob and her coercive relationship, mm. which uh, Rosie has mentioned already. And yeah, Lee's response, you could tell the tension from Helen. She's thinking, oh, how is he going to go? Is he going to go mad? And he he responded really well and in a kind way and in a generous way and said, actually, she always got a point. They are better to be played with. So yeah, I've, I've been forced to say this so many times this week and it does hurt, but you know, Lee did really well this week. I think Isabel was really perceptive around, you know, it's that the fear that, that Helen has, I mean, you don't just stop being scared of your partner's reaction, mm. even when you're with someone completely different. And there's been a lot of sort of, um, you know, anti-Helen chats in social media and going, what, you know, what's wrong with her? Why is she so twitchy? She's such hard work. So I had to post my picture of tinned custard and tuna this morning at the beginning of the omnibus to sort of say, as, as a reminder this is why she's so on edge. And again, actually, it, it kind of reminds me that nobody has therapy apart in, in Ambridge. I know Lizzie had her depression for half an hour or so um, with her therapist, but nobody's really gone through a therapeutic process to deal with the various traumas. And, and, and Helen in her life, you know, she lost her first um, boyfriend, you know, but he shot himself her brother died tragically. Yeah. She then, you know, went through having a baby on her own and her dad kind of disowned her a bit, didn't he? Tony Tony wasn't happy about the Henry process up until when he was born. Mm. So Helen has had a huge amount to deal with in her, you know, she's only in her in her in her, in her like late 30s, 40s. So to have gone through all of that trauma and and the marriage from hell. Uh, I do think a bit of slack would be good from folk when they're kind of, I mean, I know she's hard work, but goodness me, she's been through the mill. Yes, <laughs> she is hard work. <laughs> I was just wanting to say that. 
I don't know who's decided on Lee becoming Mr. Nice. Is he married to one of the script writers or something? Because there does seem to be quite a, a gear change. But OK, Lee, Lee's been wonderful and all of that. But when he said, I'm not cross, I'm sad, just uh, I know it showed us that he's not Rob, but it was mm. it was a bit wet. But never mind. And he was, um, and- he was cradling Wolverine for 10 minutes, wasn't he? <laughs> exactly. Can't believe how bendy. Oh. Can't believe how bendy his claws are. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh. But I don't think Adam is going to get his job back. I think that's it. Ooh. But if Adam does have to apologise to Brian, it's going to be so painful to listen to. And I'm on the front row for that. I can't wait to hear that. But yeah, so I th- I think this this could. What do you think he'll leave? Will he leave Ambridge? Um, well, let's he's, not hope for said, too much. He said hopefully. Yes, let's Uh-oh. not hope for too much. But, um, I think he'll still be around, but I think we're going to hear the implications when Ian hears what's been going on. He's not going to be impressed mm. at all. And, and of course, mm. the, the impact on Jennifer will just be a burden too much for her, and I understand that. But I, I don't know if Brian's going to bend and, and let Adam come back on. So I'm I'm all ears for that. But uh, not even for Jenny's. Not even for Jenny's sake. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. Let's stir that. Sorry, I'm terrible, aren't I? I I, I sense you're on the horns of a dilemma there, Philip. Well, I hope for Jenny's sake he does because I I think Jenny's going through enough. But I do like yeah, to hear the yeah. the argy bargy. So yes, thanks. Thank you, Isabel, for your call. And thank you all, all of you who have called in. We value your calls so much. Please keep them coming. They are brilliant. Now, do we have a, a text, a very exciting text? We do from a lovely person called Tindara. Mm. So I, sh- I shall begin. Um, Please. Hello, lovelies. I've been in the Dumpty Dum family for a while now, but never been a caller in I don't really like hearing my voice on Dumpty Dum. So here I am texturing instead. My Archer's Vintage is Jazzer, although I suspect it's probably longer. That's as far back as I can remember. I'm an artist and a teacher type person living in lovely Margate, but I've recently been off sick with depression and anxiety. Dumpty Dum is one of the podcasts I look forward to every week and has totally kept me going during lockdown in a really difficult time. So, getting to the arches, I think the Alice storyline has been a difficult listen. The ignorance of characters, RE, AA, and Alanon, or even rehab facilities, particularly. I think Alice probably has lower to go, but I think eventually she will get help and come out the other side. A lot of Dumpty Dummers and Archer's characters, Peggy particularly, seem to be writing her off completely. So, I was really glad to hear Fallon coming to her senses and talking about an illness. Before I go, I just wanted to congratulate Royfield on his new venture at UC Berkeley. He visited my husband's sixth form media students a few years back in Hackney and managed to light a fire under their arses. So you'll do a great job. Love to everyone. Tindara. And Tindara is Olive McDotty on the Twitters. Mm. Well, lovely to hear from you, Tindara, or Olive on the Twitters. Mm. Um, Don't worry, many people don't like to hear the sound of their own voice. Um, So... Um, don't let that put you off calling in if you do, because most people are wriggling in embarrassment, but they get over it. And um, so you should get on to speak pipe or whatever, 
or go via the WhatsApp, WhatsApp, and have a go, have a go. But it's great to hear your text. Mm. And thank you ever so much for letting us know that you, uh, that Dumpty Dum, the podcast, has got you through some difficult personal times. That's lovely to hear. That's what we're here for. And um, I, I, you say you call yourself Tindara. I think since you, and you, you're an artist, but since you're a Margate, I do think, in fact, you are really Tracy Emin because that's where she that's where she works from, isn't she? So I think this is Trace oh, Lennon wow. texting in to Dumpty Dum. Your cover has been blown, Tindara. Um, and uh, you said that, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, congratulations to Royfield on, 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 on his recent appointment at Berkeley. And, uh, yeah, he, he, and he lights a fire under our asses as well. So there you go. Tindara, thank you so much for texting us. Do text again. Don't don't give in to Quentin's bullying. You don't have to call in. You can text us anytime. That's absolutely fine. What's a bullying? I'm encouraging her. It's not bullying. <laughs> um, yes, we need we need Debbie. I think we need Debbie to come and save the day. And Brian does seem more obsessed by sort of Alice's behaviour and attitude than the actual drinking problem. But uh, and nobody in the village has mentioned AA, so that there's a lot. A lot to be done there. But yes, Tindara, thank you so much. Please do text again. Now, do we have any emails? We do. We have heard again from Mr. Anon of Ambridge. Oh. Oh, my word. Which is very exciting. So the subject is Dumpty Dum email Arinara. And it's uh, and it goes like this. Dear Rosie, Philippa and Quentin, I have another question for you. My agony aunts and uncle, which relates to the WhatsApp group in Ambridge. I'm on one group, but it seems to be very boring indeed, with people asking about potting plants and recipes for carrot cake. I've heard there's another group which discusses more interesting things going on, such as, if you've killed one person, will you kill another? <laughs> I don't know how to get invited onto that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what advice can you give? Thank you for your help and all. Um, well, I think what I would first of all say, Mr. Anon of Ambridge, discussing uh, ongoing criminal trials is very dangerous, <laughs> even in a encrypted language setting. So mm. be very cautious about engaging in speculation in relation to either ongoing criminal proceedings or future criminal proceedings, because it's quite easy to copy and paste from WhatsApp mm. and then publish it on a blog as mm. a certain D Cummings mm. has been doing fairly frequently in the UK. So Mr. Anon of Ambridge, I would, if I were you, I would look more deeply into kind of the exact makeup of the carrot cake recipe and whether there have been any exciting additional ingredients added, maybe from Kate and uh, spiritual hummus Maybe they've been putting something extra in their carrot cake. But if I were you, I would avoid engaging in criminal discussions on WhatsApp. <laughs> Quentin, do you like joining in on that kind of group or would you avoid it? No, I, 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 no, I, I don't. What's what's going on in his head? <laughs> um, that's if it's a he. That's if it's a he. Yes, absolutely. Not must make assumptions here. Uh, is, is he? He's alluding, obviously, to the WhatsApp group that... Joy is obviously embarrassed that Leah's joined. So, mm. is she yeah. killing one person? Uh, if you kill one person, will you kill another? Is 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 this anonymous? Is uh, anonymous emails concern? It, I, I, I got your facts quite right because, of course, Helen didn't kill yes. anybody, did she? She she just seriously True. injured 
Rob. So got to get your facts right before you start piling in there. But uh, Rose is right. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. But if you are looking for, to talk to somebody about a dead body, why don't you go and talk to Kenton about Eccles? <laughs> well, that's I, good advice. I think our emailer is suffering from fear of missing out. Uh, I think you might be grateful, though, that you're not on that particular WhatsApp group. And, and you have us to talk to anyway. Anytime you want to email in, you'd be very welcome. And uh, as for recipes for carrot cake, actually, no. More calories are in a carrot cake than chocolate cake. And what is the point of a carrot cake? Someone Seriously. Please tell- yeah. Well, certainly when I sat down, uh, yes, I went to a cafe where they showed you the amount of calories on each slice, which is no way to advertise cakes, I have to say, but still. Um, and the carrot cake was, I don't know, about 800 and something a slice, and the chocolate was 600 and something. So I was healthy. How big were these slices, Philippa? It sounds like it was kind of in, like an American cafe. Or no, this, this was quite a well-known cafe. Oh. I was surprised and perplexed. But yes, it, it's good to know that chocolate cake's health the healthy option. But anyway, thank you so much for emailing in. We love to have your questions. Do contact us again. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And now let's sit back for some socials with our sensational Sue. Hello, lovely people. Sue here with another roundup of this week's joy. Um, I'm going to start on a positive note. Who do we like? asked Sue Cousins. And Gillian Corrigan wrote a list. Um, everybody on her list has either died or been banished. So perhaps don't like the same things that Gillian likes. But we did have a lot of lovely lists and brought in from all sorts of people. Elizabeth, Deborah, Karen, Sam, Jackie, Ian, Fiona, Maria, Margaret, Anna, Sarah. Enough of them. And we have coming up on the list over and over Lillian, Susan, Joy, Debbie, Kenton, Jolene, Harrison, Jim, Linda, Johnny. Remember Johnny? Neil, Clary, Tracy, Oliver, Jazza, Ben, Alistair, Tony, Elizabeth, Fallon. And finally, Webster the Spider. Oh, and Emma, but only from time to time. 
It's a good list. It's a good list. There were some people who were notably not on there. Shula, Kate, Brian, all of them were mentioned on the bad boys list. And of course, Adam, who is the village Eeyore. Isabel suggested that he might have laughed once in 2019 when skinny dipping before Xander was born. And Fiona said he was only happy and had a pulse when he had the affair with Charlie. Monique misses Charlie, but we're all playing a waiting game. Charlie to arrive in the polytunnel saying, hello, Adam, or Rob saying, hello, Helen. That would be so much worse. And we all know Rob's not in Ambridge, at least for now. But Adam might have laughed once in Africa as well. It's a shame we didn't get a hear it. We do know that at least if Rob turns up, that Lee is there to protect Helen and Jack Gideon and Joy will be watching from next door. Peter Fox reckons she's a bunny boiler. Oh, and that leads us up to the action figure box ripping. Joy got some very tough criticism from people, including Fiona, on allowing the spawn, the demon spawn, to open the boxes. Uh, Tommy reckons she encouraged them. Plenty of people coming to her defence, though, and to the defence of Jack Gideon and Henry, much speculation in whether they have a loft in the Beechwood developments. And Teresa would like to know what Joy would have in the loft. Leading Karen to suggest that Rochelle is in a little corner like Mrs Bates at the Bates Motel. Does anybody believe in the campsite opening? Jonah Titchmarsh certainly doesn't. He points out all of the admin that should have been done, risk assessments, actually making sure that the premises had adequate things, including not relying on a last-minute Amazon drop-off of some bloody fairy lights. Lynn Rafferty points out she loved the idea of glowing glow gnomes or indeed whether they're popping in the shop to buy some torches. It doesn't sound like they've taken advice even from Kate, and I really can't quite believe that I'm saying that. I, I'm, I don't know if it's apparent how much I despise Kate, but I really do. I suppose we have to mention Brian and Adam, and the pack is very much divided into the Brian and the Adam. And we've got lots of people who commented on that, Rosamond, Julia, Joan, and those who think Brian should shut his cake hole, frankly. Many people consider that Adam stole from the business, which is what it appeared to be but also equally exactly the same rigour that Brian appeared to be applying to taking money for Alison's re uh, for Alice's rehab. Double standards, Brian, but that's nothing new, let's be clear. And I'm going to end with Rob Williams saying, that was the least believable episode ever. I think, I think it's fair to say that was the least believable episode this week. And I'll leave you all with that. Have a lovely week. See you soon. Thank you, Sue, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum De Dum Facebook page. We love the community there. It's really growing. Wonderful. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. Quentin. There have been a plethora of tweeters who deserve to be on the podium, but there are only three places, as we know. So it mm. has been a struggle to choose because I have been spoiled for choice. But what I am pleased to say is that all three medalists this week are new. They mm. are new medalists on Tweet of the Week. So I shall go, as ever, in reverse order. And in bronze position is Paul Jones, whose Twitter handle is at PaulRRed1. And he speculated about an alternative script for the Peggy and Lillian exchange. And it went like this. Peggy, he, he didn't die peacefully. Lillian, why? Peggy, 
I was there talking to him. <laughs> oh, God. Cruel. 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 <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of Peggy bashers, and they'll enjoy that one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that, that cruel one gets, gets you a bronze, Paul. So uh, do I say well done? In at silver is uh, Dawn Oliver. Her Twitter handle is at Felix Keeps On. And she suggests this. She says, is Adam practising to be a Tory? That apology was cabinet level. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, so well done, Dawn. Like that one. But in gold position, and this was posted early in the week, but uh, despite all these fantastic uh, contenders, has stayed there all week in my mind. And it comes from Eliza Bennett, whose Twitter handle is at Eliza Bennett 3. And she posited this one. She says, Did Adam take the money for acting lessons? <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, got a lot, that got an awful lot of likes. So we've got a hint of cruelty in this. I mean, these newcomers yeah, are cruel. Funny. They're yeah. tough. But they're funny. They're funny, yeah. So well done, Eliza. Very, very good. Well, and well done, Quentin, for selecting them. Excellent. Well, to keep this podcast on the air requires some funding to cover essential costs. So if you'd like to support Dum De Dum, you can join the Dum De Dum Patreon community for $2 per show. If you make your way to the dumdedum.com website and click donate at the top, you can follow the links to Patreon or you can go direct to Patreon as well. Oh, and also what really boosts the podcast profile is if you can write us a review on Apple iTunes, preferably a glowing one. That would be so kind. Thank you so much. And it's the British Podcast Awards coming up in July. And you can vote for us at britishpodcastawards.com slash vote. And remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text to 07957 167 696, which is plus 447957. 167696 if you're outside the UK. Now on Twitter, which is clearly a place I spend far too long on, according to Philippa, uh, we have the at <laughs> Dumpty. Do remember if you do go on Twitter and join the tweet along or tweet about the Archers to always use the capital T and A when you use the hashtag the Archers, because then it means the visually impaired can read all our tweets. So the Archers, capital T, capital A. We're all on Twitter as well, squeezing every witty ounce out of our 280 characters. Well, we try, I think I fail at that. But anyway, where can people find you two? You can find me at Porty Rosie. Uh, and I'm very greedy. You can find me in two places. Um, my main account is at Quentin Rainer, Q-U-E-N-T-I-N-R-A-Y-N-E-R. But actually where I pontificate about the Archers is on my other account called at 13 Minute Man, 13 Minute Man. And that is where I can be found. Very good. And I can be found at QuickBook Reviews. We should also, of course, say thanks to our social media supremos. Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her wonderful voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and of course, the wonderful Lucy V. Freeman. And we end again with this wonderful academic archers singing on Zoom. But before that, what will happen this week? Will Brian and Adam make up and skip round the fields together? Will Rex and Phoebe need no help whatsoever again, only to remember they've forgotten that rewilding includes 
rewilding. Mm. Will Lee host a story time using Wolverine and the Hulk to show stealing is wrong and he's not cross, he's sad. <laughs> and will Joy's secret finally be revealed that Rochelle is actually an alien from Jupiter called Stanley? All will be revealed. And so it's bye-bye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Dum dee dum dee dum dee dum dum dee dum dee dum 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.